What's up, what's up, y'all? This is Dave. And this is Devin. And you're listening to the Dave and Dev Podcast. Dave and Dev. Gotta keep it real like Dave and Dev. On my job like Dave and Dev. Tell no lie like Dave and Dev. Some days I wanna stay in bed, but I get ready for the day ahead. I wanna complain, but I pray instead. Then I'm on my way to the Dave and Dev. And it go like, I don't need a crew. Don't play by he say, she say rules. Don't play, no, we can't do. I'd rather have faith while G-O-D make moves. So please stay cool. All, all I do is speak the truth on things I see they do. I'm a sinner myself. No lie, I need grace too. We lit like EKU. Yeah. Hey, what's up? Good morning, Devon. Yo, what's going on, Dave? How you doing? You know, I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty well. Hey, listen, let me give my let me give my weekly update. It's Saturday, May 9th. We're in the bajillionth day of quarantine. And uh But you know what? The light is at the end of the tunnel. The light is at the end of the tunnel. Amen. Listen, you I mean, I don't know I don't know which uh which place you're most excited to go to after this is over, but for me like the barbershop. The, <laughs> the barbershop. That is a fact. Between the barbershop and sitting down at a Mexican restaurant and eating like fifty bowls of cheese, like that's really what I can't wait to do. <laughs> I think the I think I think traffic is about to be ridiculous everywhere you go. Oh yeah, so many people are be trying to get out. <laughs> yeah, but that's all right though. That's you appreciate it more. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Like I don't know, man. It's it's been kind of it's been kind of nice to have things slowed down a little bit in a way. But oh man, I'm ready. I'm ready to go get my haircut. Because listen, shout out to my wife. She's done it twice, and you know, she she tried. She tried. She tried. Them them quarantine cuts make you thankful. It was. I, I texted my barber the other day. Yeah. Well. Just say hey, I I miss you, man. Well, my new barber only <laughs> speaks Spanish. So, uh, yeah, we got a little, I can, I can, we can get some, some decent convo in, but it's very minimal. (laughs) What's up y'all today's show is brought to you by O'Donnell financial coaching. O'Donnell financial coaching exists to empower you to take control of your finances. Whether you are in debt and don't know where to start, need help creating a budget that works for your family and your life. Or even if you have questions about what to do with your wealth and where it should go. Adam, the owner, is a certified master financial coach that can coach you through your financial situation with the experience of someone who has paid off debt and with the knowledge of someone who is building their financial future with budgeting and investing. Adam offers coaching online, which is a quick and convenient way to get you the help that you need. Get in touch with him today to schedule your first session at adamcoachesmoney.com and connect with him on Instagram at Adam Coaches Money. And let them know that Dave and Dev sent you. All right. Well, man, I am so pumped. Uh, again, another Coaches Clinic episode um, during the middle of the pandemic. It's uh, it's always fun to to get these in and, and chat with people and, and bring people to the air about, you know, what they like about coaching and, and why they got into it. So, uh, Devin, I'll go ahead and introduce our guest for today. 
Um, yeah, go ahead. Uh, this guy is my peer and friend. Uh, he's a high school defensive back coach. Uh, also, he's a real life, like has a normal job too that he works really hard at, <laughs> which I think is always important to point out that, you know, people can do can do both. So, um, Mr. Sean Hatton, man, welcome to the show. Introduce yourself to the people. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. I'm excited to be here. Uh, so I'm I'm married. We have four kids. I've got my son, who is the oldest. He's actually just finishing up his degree here this week. And at, hey, congrats! Uh, so proud of him for that. He played basketball there as well. Um, I have three daughters. One's a freshman at the University of Cincinnati. Then I've got a senior in high school, actually at the high school that I coach at. Uh, then I've got another young one that's uh, getting ready to go into fourth grade here. So uh, <laughs> I'm from Southern Ohio. I uh, spent most of my life in Middletown, but from Middletown, uh, Monroe area. I moved here to uh, about three years ago for work. And, uh, you know, sports just plays a huge part of the lives of, of my whole family. We really bond over. Uh, I'm a huge fan, Duke fan, and uh, Bengals fan. Hey. Uh, that, that, that's a that's a big one for us is uh is, is Bengals season when when football season gets here we're we're a Bengals house so excited for that come up this year for you. uh but I really <laughs> love coaching uh you know I I coach in my work life as well as uh you know outside of it with with, with different sports so it's a really big part of my life uh really I feel like I spend most of my time doing that uh, because, you know, as a, as a parent too, I guess you're kind of coaching your kids through mm-hmm. line and then at work I'm coaching and then I coach sports as well. So I uh, really, really enjoy that. Uh, you know, it's, it's a really important part of my life too. So. Absolutely. Well, listen, man, before we get started on any topics about coaching, um, we just got to talk about the Bengals. Like we yeah. just got to talk about oh, Oboro. Just gosh. real quick. I, listen, Devin. Listen. Like just let just let me be happy once, man. Just let me be happy for once, okay? And I'll probably get. Let I down. mean, you 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 have stooped down to the level of Browns fan. You do know that. I know. Right? Like you excited about. I know. The draft, I know. But at least we had a full nice draft, okay? Here we go. Okay, go ahead. At least it wasn't Deshaun Kaiser. So there's. there's, there's <laughs> go ahead. Talk about uh, your quarterback. Your quarterback. He's a great quarterback. He's swaggy. Like you don't even know yet. This man ain't even played a game. Oh man! All right, all right, Mister Browns fan. Hey, Sean. Yeah. How many games you? How many games you think we're gonna win this year? Man, when the schedule came out the other he night, said four. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, there's always that possibility, but that's there not is. <laughs> So when the schedule came out the other night, you know, you and I were texting a little bit and uh, I was uh, analyzing the schedule and going game by game, which I had kind of done that before the schedule came out. But you also got to take some momentum into account and stuff like that. So when I added it up, I can see realistically going anywhere from six wins to nine, depending on how things flow. See nine is 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 where I th- is the sweet spot. I think nine is probably the ceiling. If I'm being real honest, I, yeah, I'm for hope- sure. I'm hopeful that we win like seven or eight. Yeah, like that would be a great improvement year over year. So, listen, man, we got a bunch of pieces. Yeah. We added a bunch on defense, 
offense showed up. Hold up. We need hold to get up. some hold O-line. I mean, there we go. Are you beat, Are you are you going to beat the Ravens? The Ravens? Game? Nah, we ain't beating the Ravens. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, not counting that. <laughs> like, who, who, who on this? Are you beating the Texans? Oh, yeah, we're going to beat the Texans. Yeah, crazy. Okay, that's, I mean, I'll be your Christmas There's miracle. a chance. Uh, are you? I mean, are you gonna beat the Eagles? Oh, uh, we should. The Steelers. We should compete. I think, in, they can split. I think we beat. I think, I think we beat split. one. I think we win one of those before before the season starts. Every everyone is all is always optimistic. The team's always gonna go over five hundred. I'm just letting you know <laughs> the Bengals are gonna win like four or five games. Devin. and we'll be and Sean. And when that happens. Listen, the last game is on January 3rd. I will have you on the show on January 4th, and we can talk about it. We, and, 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 we'll t- and the title of the show will be what Hey, listen, Devin, why are you being such a hater right now? You're a Browns fan, bro. I know. I mean, I'm not trying to be a hater. I'm just I'm – just, this is just being real. Uh, this okay, is just being okay, real. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and you uh, could – you and you could this, be right. You look at the schedule, and the schedule is the schedule is easy. They gave y'all cupcakes to go. I mean, it, this is this is the the year for Joe Burrow to look like a. Star. Well, I hope that's what happens. But I, I just don't see it. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I'm sorry. This is so silly. Hey, listen. Um, you talked a little bit about coaching in your personal life, uh, professionally, and also you know in in sports. Like, what made you get into coaching in the first place? Uh, so really it was, um, you know, because of being a dad with a kid that was going to play sports. So, yeah, that's that's the start for a lot of people, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's how a lot of people get into it. And and mine was just, uh, my son has been like, from the day he was born, sports has probably been the most important thing in his life. Honestly, like the kid was born with a ball in his hand. He didn't want to do anything other than, than sports. So he's 22 years old. And when Ohio State won the national championship, uh, the first time in his life that they won a national championship, we'll say, he was four, I think. But just just kind of the mindset of this kid. So for Christmas, all he wanted was the DVD of the national championship game. Like he didn't ask for Scooby-Doo. He didn't ask for nothing like that. He wanted a DVD of the Ohio State national championship game. So, uh, you know, so he got into sports really early. Uh, and we signed him up to play in like the say soccer league and it's for four and five year olds, but he's only three. So the agreement that I had with the school, uh, soccer board was that they'd let him play, but I had to coach. So I was like, Hey, if that's what it takes. Let's do it. <laughs> and then it just kind of evolved from there. He started playing basketball a little bit later. So I coached his basketball team and he started playing football and I coached his football team. And then for a few years, uh, like, so through grade school, I, I mostly coached him during grade school, but not always. And then my daughter started playing basketball, so I started coaching her in basketball. So then it was kind of around the community. They knew, like, if my kids were playing sports and they needed a coach, all they had to do was call me, and I wasn't going to tell them no. <laughs> so, <laughs> they, they knew I was a sucker for it from, from day one. So, yeah. so that's really how I got into it. And then it just kind of moved into middle school and then uh, high school. Uh, football uh, mostly, and then a little bit of basketball. I've coached a couple of AAU teams in basketball, and I was our girls' varsity assistant at uh, the high school that I was at last. And then, you know, but, but mostly football, but with some basketball mixed in there too. Yeah, that's awesome. 
So you uh you mentioned you got a lot going on, man. You you're a dad, you got kids, and then you got and you also got a full time job on top of yeah. coaching. So tell us a little bit about how do you balance coaching and uh, the full time job? Yeah, so uh, it's it's definitely not easy. I mean, you know, when you you got family in there, you got work, and you got coaching, and and when you're you know coaching at, on at the high school level too, like it's a lot a lot of time involved, man. Like we we go at it for you know, really nine months a year. But when the season gets here is really where the, when the challenge comes in, uh, for me, it's like, I get a lot less sleep. I eat a lot more meals in the car and, you know, and sacrifice time, you know, with, with the family, which, you know, during the season they understand. And, and, and what's good is that, you know, I've got a family of sports people Mm. so they know, and they understand, you know, the sacrifice that it takes to, to win and to be involved and to be engaged and all that. And, and they understand that. And that really helps a lot because if you don't have that, like you're in for a world of hurt as, as a coach, if you have a family that doesn't buy into that. Uh, but fortunately for me, like I said, my mind, my family does. And um, they also know that, you know, anytime they're welcome over at our facilities, you know, they can come into the field house, you know, my kids can come, my wife can come, anybody can come visit. We have a real family atmosphere with this program. And, you know, they're there on Friday nights to, to cheer us on. And, you know, they're, they're out there and can be involved anytime they want. So all that stuff really helped. <laughs> That's awesome. So I do have a, a follow-up question I want to ask you. So uh, when you – like how long have you been coaching high school football? So I've been here at Franklin County for three years, and then I was at uh, Monroe in Ohio a few years before that. So I would say solely high school and no middle school mixed in there for about six years. Man, that's awesome. So when you were – when you started to coach at the high school level and your fa- you said your family does understand uh, – Talk about like some of the sacrifices that you that you had to make. You said that you had to eat in your car, but I did want to ask you this question: uh, Get that time back with your family. Like, how do you how do you still make those make sure you're you're still involved in your family's life intentionally, especially like during season as a coach? Yeah, uh, during the season obviously is is the hardest time, but you know it's it's when you do have those breaks, you know that you're not finding other things to do, uh, you know that are going to take you away even more. So, um, and then you know like for my daughters, uh, you know they dance, so that's their thing. So, you know making sure that you don't miss those types of events, or you know if my third grader gets student of the month. You know, you make sure that because that's going to be during your regular work day. So that's you got to take time out of that and organize your schedule, make sure that you show up for those things. So events that they have at the school, you know, just finding any family time that you can, whether it's just eating together or you watch a movie together or whatever it is. But you just got to find that time uh, when you are away, uh, you know, to make sure that you you get some of that time in there, too. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think that's like even, you know, I just. I admire you guys, like, you know, both both Sean, you and Devon, uh, like for being able to have a job and coach because, like, I just have a job. <laughs> and, like, um, and this podcast, of course, hey, listen, I, I spend time on this thing. Um, but, you know, for me, like, I, I find it hard some days to, like, even just separate my job from, you know, family. So, um, I think it's really important, like you said, to to find those opportunities to to be with them, you know. So, um, my next question for you, Sean, is like, 
what is the biggest joy that you have in coaching? Like what, what, what like motivates you and pushes you to continue coaching? Uh, so, you know, to me, um, it's, it's really about the relationships and, and, uh, you know, you know, me a little bit to, to know, like, that's a really important thing to me sure. just in general, uh, with life is, is the relationships that we built and stuff like that. So, you know, to me with the, with, with the players and, and the other coaches too, um, and really the, the families that, you know, help out the program too. Like, I, I think all of those relationships are really important and that's what really drives me. Um, you know, cause at the end of the day for me, like I want to be there for each and every kid in the program, uh, no matter what. And, you know, they can be, you know, the, the star athlete or the, or they can be the, you know, the last ones that's going to get in the game. And, you know, I want to have a relationship with them in some way. And that really drives me because it's awesome when you see people grow, uh, you know, in, in their abilities and, and as people. And, you know, I think one of the coolest things to me, like, and, and the first time that this happens, I, I, I happened, I, I never really expected it, like that it would even mean anything. But, you know, if you run into a kid that you haven't seen for a really long time, and they just address you and they say, hey, coach, and you just get this feeling like you accomplished something because you, you know that they had some amount of respect for you. And the only way that they have that is because you meant something to them and that you impacted mm-hmm. their life in some way in a, in a positive way. So, because they wouldn't call you that if they didn't believe in you, you know, so it's just, it gives you a really, really good feeling and knows that, and, and you know that you've done something right when you get that from a kid. So I've had that happen quite a few times and I'm like, man, and, and every time it feels the same, it's like, man, I, that, that kid likes me for whatever I did for them, you know, um, uh, when our time was together. So I think that's a really, really cool feeling. And it makes you know that, you know, you did the relationship part of it. Right. Yeah. I think that's, what's so crucial um, with coaching. You know, I think about it in, in my professional role, cause I like you, um, I, I see my job as being a coach um, in business. So during a normal, like um, season, my follow-up question to that would be like, what are some of the biggest challenges outside of like, family and things like that like what are some of the biggest challenges that you find as being a coach um i think the biggest thing to me which i think the easy go-to every for every coach is you know dealing with parents so (laughs) devon can attest to that too (laughs) that has been the answer so the answer to to that question for the high school coaches has always been dealing with parents and I feel I feel so bad because like I have, like I guess I'm like I'm like a unicorn in yeah. coaching because I have great parents. Like yeah. my parents are are awesome, but every single coach that we that we have interviewed that has been at like you know yeah. high school level or maybe their their job is recruiting, has always yeah. said dealing with parents. We got parents of children. We, uh, that are athletes, yeah. we have to change that. We've got to change that name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, and that's an easy one, so I'll just kind of skip over that. But and, and actually, we've got a really good group right now, and I think I'm sheltered from it a little bit because I'm, you know, a position coach as opposed to, like, when I was dealing with the younger kids or, like, when I was at the middle school, I was the coordinator. So I think just having a position, I think, you know, shields me from that a little bit. So maybe I would feel different if I was our head coach. <laughs> he might still feel really strongly about that. Yeah. But for me – I think the biggest thing is really is the end of every season because that final game 
for 99% of teams, it ends in a loss. And that's hard, like, to move on from because you look at everyone there, but especially the seniors, knowing that they don't get to do this again. You know, th- this is it for them. As a coach, I get to come back next year if I want to and if they want me to, you know. But even if a school doesn't want you to, you can find somewhere else to go and, and you can continue to coach as long as you want to do that. But as a player, that's it. You know, when, when that when the horn goes off for the last time, man, it's over. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, it's, but it's not even just them. Yeah. Like, there are going to be coaches that are not going to come back. There's other players that aren't graduating that, that don't make it back for whatever reason. They move or they quit or whatever. So – when that last loss happens, that team is never, ever going to be the same again. So, you know, I think when the reality of that hits you in the face <laughs> right after the game, it's like it's a really emotional time, no matter how the season went. You could have a great season or a terrible season, and you still have that same feeling at the end of it that, you know, this sucks. Like, we got to move on, and all of your relationships are going to be different, you know, with those kids that aren't going to be there anymore or, or coaches or parents that aren't going to be around anymore or whatever it is, you know, it's just everything changes from that day forward. So that's the toughest part for me. Like I, I struggle with that each with every sport that I've coached at every level. So one of the, one of the things that I tell, um, all the seniors that I coach every year before the season is that I coach, I coach young men. And, but when you're a senior and after that, you know, Lord willing, it's time for you to move out the house. And so you, you become, you become a man. And so the things as a coach that I want to, that I want to tell the athletes is that I want you to be, I want you to, to, I want transferable skills of manhood to to yeah. come through while I'm coaching. And so you can make mistakes while you're in high school and people and you still have some people correct them, you know, most of most of the time. And then but when you're when you're out there and you're on you're a grown man, I want I mean I want you to act like a man. I don't want you to be a bearded boy yeah. by the time you get done with me. And uh so that's one of the things I, I really try to, to give away to, to seniors while they're um, while they're while they're in my program, and I think that's just like it's important because, like you said, this is their last go around, and so that that sense of urgency that they have, and that sense of this this is it. There's no, I don't know what the future looks like for me. Um, like that's that's good, but I, I want to prepare them because the yeah. ball ain't always yeah. life and, for everybody. Yeah, yeah, and it, and yeah. that's tough because you know you don't get to be there with them all the time, so. When they are outside of the program, you know, outside of the building, you know, a lot of these guys are on their own. And it is, it's tough to see sometimes some of the things that they do, but, you know, we just do our best to, to help them through it and give them the best advice that you can and hope that they run with it. Yeah. All right, Sean, I got it. We, we got it. I'm switching top, yeah. switching gears a little bit for you. All right. So you're, you're, uh, you're, you're a, a yeah. defensive backs coach, correct? Yeah. Okay. So you are the you are the right. no fly zone. <laughs> yeah. So who is the best player that you have coached or you have coached against? Like if there's if there's a wide receiver out there that so happens to be listening to this and and they just <laughs> they torture they just torture you today. I need to know about it. Uh, I I mean let's just put let's just put it on the pod because or if you said like if you just come back with this answer and you say you know what. 
Hey, Dev. They ain't, they right, we don't play that. They ain't doing that. It's a no-fly zone over here. I need to I need to hear about it. Who's the best one? Who's the best defensive back that you've coached or the best wide receiver that just pushed your defense? So back? so we're not gonna let other people get credit on us for sure. That's what I'm get the whiteboard material out. Okay. So uh, so I would say, you know, as far as like someone that I really, really coached and not just was around, because I was around some really, really great players when I was at Middletown. Uh, you know being involved with the program, but not being their specific coach. But also when I was at Middletown, a kid that I coached all coming up and he actually is a, he just graduated from Eastern Michigan university. Uh, he played uh, free safety there. Uh, his name's Vince Calhoun. And uh, you know, he just from, I've known him since he was five or six years old. He played football with my son all growing up. And he was one of the toughest kids. He was he was a little bit smaller than some of the kids when they were little, but he was hard as they get. And he didn't care. You know, he'd come up with snot all over his face, and he'd get up, back up, and do it again. He had a great high school career and a great college career at Eastern Michigan. Uh, you know, he's he was all MAC uh, this year. I think he was second team last year. Uh, but he had a really great career, but a great kid and, and, and fun to watch. And he could do it on both sides of the ball. You know, you could hand him the rock and he could take it to the house on defense. He'll knock your block off. And he, he might pick one off and take it to the house. So he, he was an exciting kid to be around, an exciting player to watch, and, and a great kid to coach. He's got the ninth all-time stops yes, at Church of Michigan right now at Whoa. 347. Yeah. And he's third, third at Eastern Michigan with 196 career solo tackles. Yeah, so safety is bench two different breeds, man. <laughs> yeah, he benched 225, 25 times for his uh, pro day too. Dang, yeah. he's five eleven. Snap. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. That's good stuff, man. So, so he's so he's the, he's the leader of the no oh, fly sure. yeah. that you've had. And you and you're telling me that everybody else though, they, you know, they they just not quite there yet. Yeah, they, they could get there. Yeah, yeah, we got one right yet. now, uh, Fred Ferrier, which I think he'll be a, a wide receiver uh, at the next level. But he's he's a pretty good DB too. He, he's long and athletic and got speed, and uh, you know he's got game breaking speed too. So I'm interested to see. But just for the but just for the record though, I, I do want to put this on the record. That ain't no wide receiver torturing your defense. Right? Not this year, no man. They set some pretty lofty goals. We had a meet, coaches meet or a players meeting with them the other day for our unit, and they set some pretty lofty goals the other day that they ain't putting up with nothing this year. Hey. So wait, 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 wait. When you say nothing, I know you. I know you. You probably can't go too much into the details of the players meeting, but I, when you say nothing, I mean, do you mean there, there were some <laughs> of the goals that they set? That if you achieve this, you're putting up nothing. <laughs> oh, there was a couple of them. I'm like, all right, oh. well, guess what? I know, I'll close attention. I'm ready for that season because if you say, if you say nothing, I yeah, I'm getting my popcorn. Yeah, there was ready. a couple of them. I'm like, man, if you do that, whew. <laughs> yeah, good luck. So, to, so to stay in that same lane of like favorites, um. You know, you've been around the game a long time. Uh, you've been around sports for a long time. 
Like, who is a coach that has had, like, the most impact on you? Whether it was somebody you coached with or that coached you, like, as a player, and and why? Yeah, so so I've got – I can, I can give you one of each. So so as, as a player, uh, my favorite coach that I ever had, his name was Skip Francis. Uh, he actually passed away a couple years ago, but he was a great guy. Like, he just – he kind of gives gave me like what I think about as a coach that I want to be was really what he was. And it wasn't like he was this, you know, game plan genius or anything like that, but he just, he would get in you when you needed it. Uh, but he'd turn around and give you a high five or a pat on the back or a hug or whatever that you needed to, and to make sure that you knew that he cared about you. So even if he yelled at you or whatever, you know, he was that guy, but he also, you know, I wasn't, the most talented athlete on any team that I ever played on. So I needed a little uh, extra help, you know, so he would teach you these little tips and tricks to, to get inside people's head a little bit, to get them off their game, to kind of get you back on a level playing field. So he was my favorite because of that, because he would, he would teach you little things. If you need to give a little extra nudge after a play or or whatever (laughs) it was to, to get somebody off their game. So he was that guy, but at the same time, he wasn't playing no games like, no extra penalties or you don't be getting kicked out or anything like that. Cause he'll lose it on you for that too. But you know, he would give you that just enough to not be noticed, but to get in somebody's head. So I really loved that about him. And then uh, as far as guys that I've coached with and this, it may be recency bias, but I don't think that it is. I coached with a guy, our defensive coordinator here that I, he's not only is his knowledge of the game and his care for the kids and the program and everything like that, but he is the best storyteller that you ever meet in your life. This dude has a story for everything. Mm, that's so important. I, Devin yeah. does a really good job at that too. I'm not trying to even gas you up as my co-host, but Devin does a re- <laughs> Devin has a really oh, good buddy. story. For, oh, you like this? Oh, hey, <laughs> Devin's got a good story for everything. <laughs> No, 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 no. I'm kind of shocked. I'm, I'm really shook because, I, like I said earlier, I am the worst. Oh, no, you're the worst at pregame, pre-game speeches, speeches. But you have a really right. good uh, story for all the bad things. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, like, I, <laughs> go, well, no, I mean, that. yeah, I mean, but that's, the, I, I don't know why. God has blessed me with a very theatrical life. So, that, I mean, maybe, maybe you think it's like a great story. Right. Hey, I'm just and that's that. And that's his story when he tells everything, too. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very, like, theatrical, like, there's going to be a Lifetime yeah. movie about me one day, Dave. You write it down. Yeah, you know if something happens, <laughs> Coach Leffer gets this look on his face, and you're like, oh, He's boy. got a story for this. <laughs> He's got a story that's coming out here. <laughs> that's awesome, though. <laughs> so, uh, Sean, when it's all said and done, like, let's say you're done coaching, you 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 finish. What is one thing you want players to uh, to take away from you or to remember about you? Um, you know that that I was there for for them, uh, that I care about them as people, and you know I want them to be successful in you know sports for however long that could take them. Uh, but more importantly, in life, uh, to be good people and and to contribute and, you know, and hopefully some of them want to turn around and be, and be coaches too. I mean, you know, so that they can pass on that same uh, impact as they go down the road, Uh, you know, and that, that we really do things the right way and, and, you know, we want to win and build the right culture. Yeah. 
That's awesome, man. This is a question that I have asked everyone in the podcast for the last maybe think- what, yeah, the last four or five weeks. So you know what's coming to you. So here's the question. There's, there, there is no right answer, but there's plenty All of right. wrong answers. Okay, so I'm, you're, I'm ready. Are you ready for this? One? I'm gonna go. So this, this is, is a, this is. Are you giving them a layup? You should, you should get this one easily. This is a layup. So greatest sports movie of all time. And so help me if you say <laughs> no. The, the interview is no, over. There are so man, so many good sports movies. Uh, remember the Titans is up there, man. Like that's that's a tough one to beat. Yeah, that that's up. That's high, that's high on the list, man. You got remember the Titans got to be there. That's probably that's what, the right that's answer. What I was gonna say. That, that that had to be. Yeah. <laughs> because if you said anything else, I was gonna say like, hey, man. Right. Don't forget I about don't this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you were, I mean, if it was gonna be, we are Marshall. Nah, like, no, it's hey, that's a good movie. I'm not gonna knock it. Like it's it's a good story, but yeah, remember the Titans, is it? I, I just watched. Actually, I've watched it twice. I think already this year. Man, I mean, we've been in court. We've been in court. I actually did it before. I haven't seen that movie in so long. I gotta watch this soon. Such a classic. But I w- okay. Wait a second. Wait a second. Because I want to get to this too. Because you're a basketball. You you coach basketball at one point in time. You say your son yep. played basketball as well, right? So we're in this. We're this is. I know we're, we, you know, we usually interview people for, for, for a while, but I just need to ask you this question as being a coach of that and having a, having a basketball athlete in your, in your house. Who's the greatest basketball player of all time? Michael Jordan. Now LeBron is a different player. He was also great, but I still have to go with MJ. That's good because you know what? By the time this post, we're going to be watching episode yeah. seven and eight tomorrow, and then the, the next week is the, is the finale. But I just wanted the record to be known by everyone who who's you know who's who's been a coach who who's been around the game. You all understand, Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time. So thank yeah. you for that. I appreciate uh, it. Absolutely. Listen, man. I, after let, let me just say one thing. Because I've been on the record on the podcast saying a few times that LeBron was the GOAT. And I would like to say, uh, once again, on the record, that I think that I may have been misguided. Um, but mm. I will say, I, I think that MJ is the GOAT. Come on. Come I don't on. think that the gap is as wide as people think. But. That's true. But he's MJ is the GOAT. He, his His – Dave, at, at this point in time, is there anything that LeBron could do to I, make him say I, I don't know that there time, is. to change that conversation? I don't know that there's. I think he would have to win out like three, four okay. more titles to even be to like make it to where it's a one. Now it's one and two, but I think I think to make it a one A one B conversation, he has to win three, four more titles. Yeah, yeah he's got to do this until yeah. he's forty. And I still think because it took him that long, it possibly could <laughs> he, hinder him in ways. However, I think the competition is better across the board. The athletes are better. And, yeah. So this I'm going to stop right there. a whole different conversation. But, Dave, you say, that, you say the athletes are better, but there was less teams where Jordan was playing. Bro, bro, hey, they have hey, more hey, concentrated hey, hey. I want you to pull up pictures team. of all the, like, unathletic white dudes that guarded Jordan and, like, compare – and and like J.J. Perret guarding LeBron, incredible people that have guarded LeBron. 
There is one. There is, there is one picture of JJ Barea guarding the rock. And so you sitting over here, okay, no, in in the pot, in the pot. I, Sean, yes. it's been great having you on. Thank you. You have said, said all the right all things. the right things today. You have said you said all the right things, including that MJ's a goat, and that and you said no one, no, it ain't gonna be. Ain't That's right, be man. No I can't wait to see what your season scoring. looks like, man. This year, oh yeah, yeah. Well, we're just hoping right. to get there, man. With all this going on, so we're yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, well, like always, man. Thanks for being on the pod. You, you're always invited back. It's great, great interviewing you, man. I really appreciate your time. All right, well, we'll talk to you early January after. <laughs> yeah, after, let's go. Uh, the make the playoffs. <laughs> oh, my Ooh, hey, baby. <laughs> oh, here we go. While they win more than four wait. games, how about that? <laughs> I want to have every single Bengals fan I know on the podcast at one time just to say I told you so. Well, week eight, we'll, we'll have it all figured out <laughs> by then, right? That is true. Twice in the first seven games. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll have to have a mid-season review. Oh uh, yeah. Well, Sean, right. it's been real, man. I appreciate exactly. you. I'll talk to you in like two days when we work together again. <laughs> and for the pod, right. until next Great. time. Peace. Peace.